This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. You're listening to Radio City Talk every Tuesday night, 6.33 till 7.30. We get stuck into the Merseyside boxing scene. Uh, today is no different. Quite a lot coming up on the show as we uh, celebrate fantastic victories at the weekend for Tasha Jonas and Anthony Fowler. Uh, we're going to look ahead to a fight this weekend for Steve Brogan, who could be in line for the Masher fight at Prenton Park. That'll be exciting. Uh, and in a couple of moments, we're going to be speaking about uh, a young the amateur. New and the new! <laughs> a young amateur did it extremely well at the uh, European Championships at the weekend, becoming the first scouser to become European champion. Bantamweight, very talented young man in the name of Peter McGrail. We'll get to him in a minute. Uh, but just a quick one for uh, all our regular listeners to this particular show on the radio. Please go to our website because there's a lot of extra additional boxing content. If you're a big boxing fan... You're going to love what we stuck on our website for you this week. Fightdisciples.com. Um, ahead of the fights that are happening on July the 8th uh, in Glasgow, Josh Taylor taking on O'Hara Davis. Uh, super lightweights there. Two of the very best Britain has got to offer. Uh, Nick will obviously argue because he's a big fan of Robbie Davis Jr. Thank I you. will obviously argue because I'm a big fan of Jack Catterall. But these two boys are going toe-to-toe on July the 8th and we've caught up with them for a little bit of a chat. So there's two interviews on there and we've also caught up with the Jackal himself, the first man from Northern Ireland to be a two-weight world champion, Carl Frampton. is uh, also on there as I caught up with him at McGuigan's gym last week. So it's all on our website for you, fightdisciples.com. But this show is catering for the Merseyside boxing scene welcome to it this is the first time you've ever listened um i think it's only fair that we start with the big success story over the weekend peter mcgrail sensational this i can't believe uh that liverpool has never had uh, a european champion before no i know it's crazy in the amateurs you'd think uh <clears throat> obviously we've had medalists before but we've never had anybody win a european gold medal um so it was a phenomenal performance from peter i think anyone that knows the kid or knows of the kid knows that he's uh got a massive he's got so much potential you know and he's uh this will really springboard him now towards tokyo 2020 uh, for the next olympic games he's definitely going to be a medal hope out there but he's still a baby he's only 21 years of age and to be going out to ukraine and handling the likes of well he, he beat a ukrainian in the final even though he was doctor point in the second round by the referee as well which we'll, i'm sure we'll talk to him about but this is a kid that's got so much potential. He fights out of Everton Red Triangle, which, as we know, is a red-hot gym at the moment, yeah. certainly for these lighter-weight uh, professional and amateur boxers. So if you think he's mixing it with the likes of Jazza Dickens and John Quigley on a daily basis, and then he's on Team GB duty, so to go on out to the European Championships, is uh, you know it, it won't intimidate them in terms of the boxing, but to, to be a 21-year-old lad, to be going to the Ukraine, to be making history... The way he has. And, you know, let's not forget the last time a British boxer won a European gold medal was Luke Campbell. And Luke Campbell obviously went on and, you know, is now a, a superstar in the pro game. He's got as a well, gold letterbox, so. mate. He's got a gold letterbox now, has Luke? Exactly. So, uh, you know, Peter McGrail now, we'll have to ask him actually if he's got his eyes on a gold letterbox <laughs> for Liverpool. <laughs> let's give him a ring. Let's get him on the show. Hello. When'd you get back, right. please? When'd you get back? Yesterday. Got back yesterday, Brilliant. How's it feel? What's it? What's it? What's the medal way like? You know, did you have it on your neck? Did you get off a of John Lennon with it? You know, have you been walking the streets of Liverpool with it round your neck? <laughs> I, had, I had to get the. We flew into Gatwick and then I got got there uh, train from Gatwick into Lancet and uh, I was showing me mail to a few people on the train. So class. Got off the train with it round my neck to be fair, like yeah, it is right. Met me boxing coach, me boxing coach from Liverpool. So yeah, I knew I knew he was going to want to see it, so we just had it round my neck. 
Who was it who met you at Lime Street? Um, he coached Paul Stevenson. Yeah, Paul, yeah, yeah, of course. Brilliant. I love the fact he's got it on. I love the fact that right now we're talking to him. Mm. Yeah, hopefully yeah. he'll be walking down Church Street in about 20 minutes <laughs> with it round his neck again. Mm, that's what. That, Listen, that's, if I had it, I'd wear I'd never take it off. Mate, look at you, Bank Junior. He wears his belts here into nightclubs, you know what I mean? That's what you've got to do, aren't you? If you win a, if you win a title, you win anything like that, Not you've got to wear the gear. Listen, this is no, exactly. this is no IBO belt that they give away with a box of cornflakes. <laughs> this is a European... Gold medal. We don't these these don't come along. They're not like buses. These are very rare. Did, did you know no. at the time going into the final, Pete? Did you did you think do you know what? No scousers ever done this before. Were you thinking? Did you know that going to the tournaments? Uh, yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't know. And then when I got there, I was speaking to one of my mates who used to be on the squad, father. Yeah. And uh, he was saying, no, no ever scout, no scousers ever done it. Saying uh, if you get the gold, lad, and you bring it home, you make history and that. And I was just being. I was thinking all week there. I'd, that gold medal's mine, that gold medal's mine. Brilliant. You and just I done it and it was, just, it was over the moon when he when he raised my hand in the final, I was well, hang on. Before we, talk, before we talk about the history of this, Peter, right? I've just got a little yeah. bit of a bond to pick with you. Obviously, you've spoken to your family since um, becoming champion and getting yeah. home. Did anybody make any comments about the way that you spoke to that camera, my friend? Come on, I know that you were excited, <laughs> but there was a little bit of profanity, wasn't there? Come on. You boys. You was like, but it was just that was just me emotions. You know what I mean? <laughs> my mum, my mum weren't happy. Like, no, I bet she wasn't. I, I bet said, she wasn't. Yeah, said, yeah, yeah. I said, come on, mum. You know what I mean? It was just one of them. I was just in the in the heat of the moment. I love it. Sadly, we can't repeat what Peter said on the yeah. on the radio, um, but I think you can guess. The lad was excited. He's just created history. <laughs> become the first scouser to win that medal. A little one slipped out. A little one slipped out. What was out. the th- first thing your mum said when you when you spoke? Um, no doubt you spoke to her on the phone before you seen her. Did, was that the first thing she brought up? Did she say? <laughs> did she say congratulations or did she go? She said, oh, Pete, you've let me down, Peter. <laughs> she said, "Watch your language. Watch your language next time." Brilliant. Said, well done. You couldn't, you couldn't have timed it better, could you? It went straight down no. the barrel of the camera. Yeah. Right down the barrel. You were looking right into my living room, mate. I went, what is this? He's gone for it. I love it. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, the team, away from yourself and your own individual success, the team did very yeah. well out there. You know what I mean? Eight medals, mm-hmm. uh, six silvers and a bronze, obviously. We're, we're going to come on to you in a minute with the gold one, but the team itself, success breeds success. People were picking up medals for fun out there. Yeah, he was. Um, we'd all trained hard. We'd all been working weeks. Working week in, week out together. We were all sparring well, we were all looking sharp. And, but it was just a good feeling around. There was like a good buzz and a good feeling around the team and around the camp. And we knew we was going to do well when we got out there. And I don't I don't think we were expected to do as well as what we did do. Yeah. But um, we were all good sighters, all of us, you know what I mean? A few of us, it was our first major tournament as a senior. So, yeah, to, to come back with that many medals and get that many qualified for the World Championships. Mm. It's amazing life. Nick um, said just before we uh, we got you on the show, he was talking about the history of obviously be- you being the first scouser to do that. And the yeah. last guy from these shows to do it was Luke Campbell. We now know yeah. what Luke Campbell's gone on to do. So obviously exactly. the, most impo- the most important thing now for you is to get yourself a gold letterbox. That's the next thing, isn't it? <laughs> yep. I know. If I'm following Luke Campbell's footsteps and, and do we, oh, fingers crossed, do we even better then. Show me family will be proud and the city you'll be proud. Yeah, just watch the language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never mind your family being proud. What what are you gonna do with your gold you, listen, you've got three years now to have a proper think where you're gonna put this gold letterbox. When you come back with your gold medal from Tokyo, 
It is through, yeah. it is through years, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Gonna, gonna, the first thing I'm going to say is, where do you want your letterbox? So, Pete, where, where, Peter, where are you going to put it? You're going to put it outside the gym? You're going to put it by your house? You know, where, where are you thinking? I don't know what, I don't know. Off the top of my head now, I don't know what. I'd have to have a, I'd have to have a little sleep on it and let you know. <laughs> you have to text us, message us on social <laughs> yeah, media and let us know. Because I'll I, let we, you know tomorrow. We had Tony Bellew on and we were saying to Tony Bellew, yeah. listen, you know, when you beat Joe Parker or you win, beat Deontay Wilder, whoever it may be, become a two-weight champion, Liverpool's first ever genuine world heavyweight champion. You know, the, yeah. the, 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 the city will buy a big bronze statue. Where are you going to put it? And uh, Bellew's response was, outside the quick save on Smith Down Road. Outside the quick. The quickie, because that's where he used to get the bus to the rotunda. So go. that's where he wants his bronze statue. Yeah, so you need to have a think about where you want to put your gold letterbox. Yeah, I will do, yeah. That's a belt of that. <laughs> <laughs> Is all the focus now purely on? The Olympics now, mate, or have you? What, what's the what's the now? What's the path for people that don't necessarily follow the amateur game that uh, that much? Talk to me about tournaments that you now have to go through up until qualifying and then getting yourself out yeah. uh, to Asia. Yeah, well, that's the plan. That's the plan. Eh? Stay stay amateur until the Olympics. Like I've always wanted to, since I was a little kid, I've dreamed of going to the Olympics and getting an Olympic gold medal. So, I mean, the qualifiers won't start till 2019, but um, up until then, you've got. Commonwealth Games next year yep. out in Australia I've got World Championships at the end of August this year yep. and then uh, I think the, the World Championships and the Europeans are every two years so there'll probably be another World Championships and another Europeans Before and then the qualifiers will start then so yeah. just well, that, well that next Europeans that may well be a qualifier might me well, yeah, that, yeah it probably, that could be a qualifying pro- tournament probably will be to be honest I, yeah. don't, I don't, know, don't know when it is or how it works or anything I just Get all when I'm fighting and, and stick then your gloves in a bag and away we go. You know what I mean? Well, well, realistically, obviously you're 21, which is just incredible to think that there's such a big achievement at such a young age. Yeah. But you know, where, where do you imagine you'll be by the Olympics, Peter? In terms of weight, do you think you'll probably be super bantam or maybe even up to featherweight? Uh, I don't know. You know, we'll, I, I wouldn't mind staying at bantam. I feel comfortable now. I'm not struggling at the weight and. I don't think I'm not big enough to move up yet. You know what I mean? If, yeah, if I grow, still growing. If I just if I grow naturally, if I grow naturally, then I'll probably move up. But if I don't, then I'll stay at this weight. I reckon I could keep it for the next three years. Like to yeah. be to be fair, Peter, I, I said the same thing when I was 21, mate. Now I'm 36. Yeah, I'm super heavy. <laughs> I'm super yeah. heavy, mate. I put it on. <laughs> doesn't work that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah it doesn't work. That way. How much? Obviously, saying that hard. It's, saying that hard. It's not hard to keep your weight down. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. It's uh, obviously the setup with Team GB that you're involved in now. It, it's phenomenal, yeah. you know. It, it's probably one of the best setups in the world, which is why amateur boxing in this country is having the kind of success it's never had before. But in yeah. terms of that gold medal as well, how, how much does that belong to Everton Red Triangle and the coaches there and the sparring partners there? Everything. Oh, most of it. You know what I mean? I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't have ever got on the squad if it weren't for Everton Red Triangle. I went went there when I was a kid, when I was ten, and. I've never been over the gym. The only other gym that I've trained in is obviously the one up in Sheffield. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for Paul and Mick or any of the coaches. You know what I mean? So I need to, I need to take my hat off to them. I, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for them. In terms of building a talent, you know, a bantamweight, mm. surrounded by Jazza Dickens and John yeah. Quigley and, the, you know, all these kind of people, it, it, it's like a match made in heaven. You couldn't have yeah. picked a better gym in the country to build what you're trying to build. I know. I know because I'm up in Sheffield and I've got the best bar in the country up in Sheffield and then, I've, and then I come home then and over weekend I've got the, the best pro bar in, 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 in the country, you know what I mean? So yeah. you're getting the best of both worlds. So 
Yeah. Top man. Listen, Pete, before we let you go, give your sponsors a shout. We know how hard it is in uh, in the amateur game, mate. Obviously, these guys keep you going and keep you ticking over and keep you in the game, my friend. Give them a bit of a mention because uh, I think they deserve the credit if they're putting their hand in the pocket and keeping you ticking over. Yeah, they want to give a shout out to my sponsor, Castor Sportswear. And um, yeah, they're just sending me gear out all the time. We've got ringside boxing, he's sending me equipment out. And um, any, any other sponsors that want to get on board? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. We're going to Tokyo, baby! Exactly. We're going to Tokyo! I knew that, right? The scouser and you came out there, didn't you? You're going, there's an opportunity here now. Let's see if we can get a few quid in. Anybody yeah. want to sponsor me? I'm ready. <laughs> We're going to Tokyo. I love We're going it. all the way, baby. That's, That's it. it. Listen, that gold letterbox, let us know. Let us know where it's going. Sound. Peter, pleasure speaking to you, mate. Congratulations. Enjoy this, mate. And uh, we're looking forward to the ride over the next three years, getting yourself out to the Olympics, pal. Take care. All right. Sound. Thanks very Cheers, much. Peace. All the best, mate. Sound. See you later. Ta-da. Sounds a top kid, man. Brilliant. And uh, he's right, you know, the, the setup they've got there. Listen, we know about Team GB. Everyone tells us how amazing the setup is at Team GB. There's a reason why Anthony Joshua still trains at the Team GB site, because it's world class. But when he comes back home that Everton Red Triangle you know it's such a small unassuming club and yet you know they've got nobody over 10 stone there 10 and a half stone but down at this weight division down in and around Bantam Super Bantam it, it, it's tough to, to get better sparring he's right it, it's like it's like that gym has been made perfectly for Peter McGrail to go in there as a young kid to be learning off the pros he's learning off to be working with Paul and Mick people who are specialists with that kind of weight class and then going on Team GB. Mm. Honestly, it's like a marriage made in heaven. And listen, a lot, he went out to the Europeans and I think most people from this city had expectations that he would medal because he's such a good talent. But I think clinching the gold medal now has really let the rest of the country know that this is the kid. This is the kid to get behind for London, for Tokyo 2020. Hopefully now he gets the fund and he gets the support he needs from Team GB because I'm telling you now, with the right support, Peter McGrail goes on and wins a gold medal at the Olympic Games in three years' time because he's got the talent to do it. And I think now winning a gold medal at the Europeans will just single him out and will give him that opportunity to really push on. There you go. Congratulations to him. Sensational achievement over the weekend, becoming uh, Liverpool's first uh, European champion. Sensational stuff. Uh, coming up next, we're going to be speaking about Steve Brogan, who's uh, taking on Lee Appleyard at the weekend. Nick's going to go crazy for this because he loves an English title. Loves oh, it. Yes. An area title, English title, British title. He prefers them to world championship bouts, this boy. Uh, and there's one happening this weekend involving uh, a scouser. So we're going to be talking about him. And if he wins it, then he becomes the man in pole position for yep. Masher at Prenton, Prenton Park. Park. We'll be speaking about that next on Radio City Talk. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Let's do a poll, shall we? Skelmersdale. Scouse or not Scouse? <laughs> During the break there, Nick's just had a go at me because I said Steve Brogan um, is fighting this weekend and I referred to him as a scouser in action this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said that he's uh, from Skelmersdale. Yep, cool. Now, me being totally ignorant to the uh, to the mm-hmm. local area, thought that everybody from Liverpool and greater Liverpool area will be classed as a scouser. But now you're giving no. me a bit of a lesson. Yeah, he's a wool, yeah. He's a wool. Yeah, yeah. Or Plazzy Scouser. Yeah, but people, people call me a wool. He's, he's, he's more scouser than I am. He's a Plazzy Scouser, yeah. So he can't have the moniker Scouser. He can't have that. No, 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 no. God, no. He can't have that. So what? 
It's not official. But we're allowed to celebrate him because it's, oh, yeah, yeah. it's Merseyside. From, from Merseyside, and this is, a, this is a Merseyside fight show, so of course we're going to celebrate him. Just, he's just not a scouser. That's the only point I'm making. He's so pedantic. He's a Merseyside. Or, or, or are people now going to be ringing the show and texting the show and tweeting the show at Fight Disciples, by the way, on Twitter, just giving me loads of abuse going and giving me the definitions and terminologies and maybe some well, yeah. geography boundaries exactly, as to yeah, what yeah. is and what is not a scouser. Exactly. So, Skelmersdale, Ormskirk, Runcorn. You're upsetting a lot of people now, not, mate. They might be claiming scousers. it. They might they, be claiming themselves as scousers. No, they're plasty scousers, yeah. It's not a problem. It's, it is what it is. I don't Listen, I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, listen, if you're listening to the show, mate, I'm good. I'm good with all this, mate. You're in action this weekend against yeah. uh, uh, Lee Appleyard. English lightweight title. You can't get enough of this. However, are you are you split a little bit? I mean, I know that uh, you've just referred to him as a wool. And your boy uh, Dave Caldwell is the manager of uh, Lee Appleyard in yeah. the uh, in the other corner. You know what I mean? And you, you've no, be, no, you've, I'm not split. Well, hang on. You've said that Dave Caldwell's a proper fully blonde scout after what he's done for that, Bellew. That's two great points. Yeah. He, so they, what's the what's the crack Dave here? Dave Caldwell's then, got a scouse passport. Yeah, now. but he's from Rotherham. It so was, can you have that? It was unofficially presented to him by this show. So. That's a really great point. Yeah, that gives a so whole different co- dynamic to so it. So who's cornering him? Because if you listen to our show um, at any point, in fact, I think even on tomorrow's show, uh, Nick goes uh, hell for leather on saying that it, it's irrelevant who's in a fight. He always backs the scouser. That's right. Or always backs the kid from Merseyside. It's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. So what? Who, who, so you, I'm going to back. I've got obviously I'm going to back Steve Brogan because I want to see you know I want to see his opportunity come up potentially. Uh, in the fight after this, but it's a tough one. I think Appleyard starts as favourite, I'll be honest with you. I thought Appleyard looked good at, uh, when he fought against uh, Masha Dodd last time out for the Commonwealth title. Uh, I think he his tactics, he, he, it was two ways to look at it. Either he got engaged with Masha when he shouldn't have done because he'd won the first couple of rounds and he got a bit you know, big for his boots and thought he'd go toe-to-toe with Masha. Or Masha changed his tactics and Masha put the fight on him. So I think the latter, you know. I think I think the latter. I think Masha changed his tactics. In well, the I think Appleyard didn't help him. himself because he had the yeah. reach advantage and he was boxing well early on. But then he got involved too much with Masha, and there was at times where Masha was landing on the chin and Appleyard was standing there going, "Go on, and hit me again." Mm. And Masha was hitting him again, mm. so he was losing rounds that way. And speaking to Dave Caldwell afterwards, that's what Dave was most upset about. He said when the kid watches it back, he'll kick himself because he could have won this fight, but instead he got involved with Masha. Now that's. For me, I'm like, yeah, I think Masha changed his tactics and Masha went up a gear and Appleyard didn't have a gear to go up to live with him. However, I think going into this fight, because he's mixed at that level, I think Appleyard will start as favourite against Steve Brogan for sure. Mm. Uh, and added spice, because you've mentioned Masha's name there. Yep. Um, Appleyard's last fight was against Masha. Yep. Brogan's looking for Masha. That's the incentive. That's that, the incentive. That's the character that he's dangling for yeah. people that don't know. Prenton Park is... Uh, Tentatively it's... booked for August. Mm. The British Boxing Board of Control were in on the Wirral uh, uh, last week. They were checking out Prenton Park. They were making sure it met all, met all their safety standards. So as far as I know, I haven't actually spoken to Steve Wood or anyone directly involved since that. Uh, since that assessment took place. But as far as I know, everything's fine. They are still looking at Prenton Park. And Steve Brogan is definitely in the frame. If Steve Brogan wins this English lightweight title this weekend, we could have a a, a Tramia, a Baconhead, sorry, versus Skelmersdale Commonwealth title fight. On so, how, so how do you view that then? Because there's no scousers involved in that fight. Yeah, it's just a good turn up against <laughs> against two against two uh, plastic scousers. Brilliant! I love it. I'll be there. But it, you know, it, it touches on the fact that again. 
I think Brogan starts as underdog, though. I think he's got everything to do this weekend, but the incentive is there for him. Mm. If he can beat Appleyard this weekend, there's a potential to be a headliner at a stadium event, which for, for someone like Steve Brogan, you know, who's, who's relatively early in his career, that's got to be the biggest incentive at all because that that's basically like a world title fight for him. There's mm. that incentive at the end of the line. Because if, if Appleyard wins, I can't see Appleyard getting the fight because what they're looking for, obviously... Well, at Prenton Park is a derby they want to sell a lot of tickets they're not necessarily tied into a TV deal for as far as I know so they need a ticket seller and they, they believe that Brogan against Masha bringing two parts of Merseyside together for a Merseyside derby style main event mm. would sell tickets so that's mm. what they're looking for mm. um, Where does this leave Derry Matthews? We spoke about him involved in that fight in some way shape or yep. form in the past so fans will be listening to the show thinking to himself well, hang on a minute you mentioned in Derry a couple of weeks ago what's going on there? Yeah well the latest I've heard from Derry's camp is that you know Derry is willing to do it um, but obviously the numbers have got to be right because uh, for Derry to end his retirement after just such a short period of time even though it's a great opportunity um, Derry, Derry knows his worth you see Derry knows that he, he does sell a ton of tickets and Derry against Masha uh, would sell a ton of tickets across Merseyside uh, I think Derry needs that magic figure but unfortunately the type of money Derry's probably looking for would involve some kind of TV deal and right now as far as I know Steve Wood manager of Masha Dodd they haven't got a TV deal for the fight they may well get one but that's I think why they're looking more like a Steve Brogan but obviously from a fight perspective I would love to see the Derry fight happen but I think the, the Derry fight might be a little bit too much of a reach mm, that, there you go um, that's happening this weekend Steve Brogan um, Lee Appleyard um, happening in Doncaster yeah Doncaster for the English lightweight title um, keep your eyes on that this weekend because as uh, Nick rightly says if Steve comes through it he's on for Masha and that should be something at, uh, at Prenton Park uh, speaking of Scousers um, I firstly for those that follow any of the Smith brothers uh, on social media, I'm sure you've been fully entertained over the last five days with uh, Swifty, uh, Stephen Smith's stag do, which happened in Ibiza. It was a who's who of Scouse sporting talent. Big Pricey was there, Jamie Carragher rocked up, even on Saturday night, Wayne Rooney no. uh, rocked up at Ushuaia in, uh, in Ibiza as they parted on. Uh, for a good five-day session. People were flying in and flying out of this particular stag do. Yeah. Um, I can't believe they didn't get it commissioned by ITV because if you listen to any of our shows, Nick's got this real bugbear with me being into uh, Love Island. Yeah. Um, it's my guilty pleasure. I, I, I've got to admit Shocking. that. That's, that's my thing. Uh, Nick, can't believe anybody uh, would watch such muck on the TV, but I'll tell you something, you'd tune in for a uh, Swifty stag do on ITV too, wouldn't you? Just a bit, exactly, yeah, because it's got everything going on, you know, and um, the best aspect of it is following it on social media mm. through Beefy's social media account, because, listen, they might be in Ibiza party and they might be going to all these top clubs and have these, you know, celebrity pals dropping in and for all these different nights and everything else. But Beefy's mind ain't switched off. Beefy is just thinking fight mode. <laughs> and so he's they're all in there drinking champagne, having a great time, and hopefully, you know, giving giving Stephen a great send-off before his wedding kind of thing. But Beefy's obviously sitting in the corner with his phone, having a go at Liam Williams, because they've been at it for days. It's brilliant. Mm. I've been enjoying it. There's been a little bit uh, of back and forth regarding Williams and Smith. We all want to see that rematch. Uh, we're, we're, we're told that that rematch is happening. Yeah. No dates as of yet set. And that's well, Williams the... has pushed it back. 
this is the argument you see. Williams it's has pushed the date injury, back yeah. because of a hand injury. He's saying he's got a hand injury. And uh, and Beefy's basically saying, listen, you can't just keep pushing it back indefinitely. You've got to commit to a date. I think they wanted it to happen in August. Then it was talked about September. But now Liam Williams is making noises like October. And I think Beefy's a bit like, well, listen, I can't wait around for you forever. Let's not forget, Beefy's the one with the win on his record. You know, so... Beefy is kind of, he wants to fight face Williams because of the, the obviously the manner of the victory, the poor refereeing involved and the fact that the fight He wants was, to shut fans up. He wants to shut the fans up. Of course he does. Up. That's all he, he wants, wants to, to do. Shut, and he wants to shut Liam Williams up. Mm. He wants to shut them all up and go, right, I'm back in world title class now. I'm moving on again. But unfortunately, he can't put his career on hold because he's still in world title class. You know, Liam has been a former world champion. He only lost to Canelo, as we know. So he's in the mix for these world title belts. Now he's got certainly with two wins back on his record since Canelo. So he's kind of doing Liam Williams a favour in some regard. They're going, all right, let's do it again then. Let's do it again. Because Liam Williams is getting that opportunity. But if Liam Williams keep going, oh, no, no, I can't do October. It'll have to be November. Eventually, Beefy's just going to go, you know what? It ain't happening. Get me a, get me a, a, a you know, an international fight or even a world title fight. Put my name back out there mm. in, the, in the stratosphere, in the mix. I'm willing to travel and I'll take that world title fight because that's what's kind of next. I think this is what, there's only the manner of the victory that's keeping Beefy Smith involved. Mm. No, I, I, I agree with that. You can't keep pushing it back. You've got to get that fight on and so that both of these lads can move on uh, in their careers. Um, another thing that I'm a little bit still confused about regarding dates is Beefy's youngest brother, Callum. Still no venue date properly. Yeah, it's got to be this tournament, hasn't it? It's got is it to be, be the, the tournament? tournament. It's got to be the tournament that's slowing this all down, surely. Obviously, the big super middleweight tournament that George Groves is committed to and, and, and Ziegler obviously would be Paul the other week. They're both committed to it now. They're looking for the best eight super middleweights on the planet to be involved. They're talking about multiple world titles, all coming together and fighting, and then eventually it's going to be like a quarterfinal, semi-final, and a final, and we'll have the best super middleweight on the planet. That's the only reason I think this is struggling to be confirmed, because we've been told it's going to be end of August, that right? End of September. September. So it's supposed Los to Angeles. Be, it's supposed to be the week before Canelo, Canelo Triple G. That's right. So it's the first weekend, technically, of September in Los Angeles, but there's no venue. No. Now, the reason why we're upset is because both of us are trying to get out there. We're, yeah, yeah, we're trying to get a ticket, but we can't get a ticket yet because there's no venue to actually purchase a ticket for. And every time I ask somebody about it, it's, it's the answer kind of gets shoved to one side. So maybe you're right. Maybe there's a negotiation here with yeah. the guys that are... Uh, it's the Sowlands, isn't it? The yeah. Sowlands, but the Sowlands aren't directly involved with, the, with, with either of these guys' careers. You know, they're not mm. management and they're not promoters. But what they're saying is the best two middleweights on the planet are going to be involved in this tournament, like their Super 6-style tournaments. So... That's the only thing I think is they're negotiating now to go, well, listen, you've got to be a part of this tournament, you, but you two guys can't fight each other because there's got to be a tournament draw. Mm. We need you two guys to just be in the hat. And what we'll do is, they, what they may say is, okay, uh, we've got you both in the hat. We'll give we'll give Darrell that, that date will be your fight and that venue to keep to appease your promotions. You've won the pace bids for it, but you will be fighting one of the other seven. And Callum, obviously, your date is floating now because that, there's a lot, there's so much going on there. But it, it's got to be sorted because this is for the WBC belt. So, mm. but if they, if these two aren't involved and that fight goes on, then doesn't that take something away from this big? Yeah, super of course it does. Of because then does. what you've got, you will have George Groves in there, and like you say, Azuga. So therefore, at some point, you will have the amalgamation of the WBA belt. You'd anticipate that they're going to try and blag 
um, James DeGale involved. Mm-hmm. They haven't confirmed any of these yet. So if James DeGale doesn't get involved as IBF champion, if they don't go and get Ramirez as uh, the WBO champion, and if they don't get either of these two that are mandated to be the, the WBC, WBC champion, then you've only got... What's the point in that? The WBA super- belt. What's the point of that tournament? Yeah. It's basically a it's a tournament to become WBA champion. Well, George Groves is already the super champion, so... Mm. It, it, it loses all its gravitas. So you've got to get all them names you've just mentioned. They've got to be involved, mm. and that's why I think this is this is being delayed because that matchup can't happen. Because mm. you need all eight to turn up at a press conference and go, "Here's the eight, the eight best super middleweights on the planet," and they've all got the belts between them. And now we're going to put the names in the hat. And we're going to have a draw to see who fights who on, on various mm. dates. That's the only way it's going to happen. Uh, because this um, world series of boxing, there are two weight categories this year in 2017 slash 2018. Super middleweights is one which we're talking about right now, and there is cruiserweights. They've done that with cruiserweights. They've got all the champs. They managed to sign them all up, so yeah. they're all involved in there. Bar Tony Bellew, because obviously he's now a heavyweight. Yep. Uh, but they're they're all in that pot uh, for the cruiserweight version of uh, this particular tournament. So they're trying to do the same thing with the with the super middles. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they'll be able to get that nailed down. Personally, I hope they don't because I want to go to LA. I want to get out there. <laughs> I want to get out there and go and enjoy Callum Smith become world yeah. champion, first scouser to do it abroad. That's what I want to see. I want to see it happen, man. That, that would be nice, but no one. Oh, look, he'll probably draw, draw, draw George Groves in a in a pissing down middle of London or something like that, and we'll miss our chance to get to LA. Mm, something like that, anyway. Anyway, coming up next, um, a couple of scousers were in action at the weekend. Anthony Fowler, second time out, first time there a bit of controversy. We we're whacking people whilst they're on the deck. Uh, no controversy this time around, of which we will uh, be speaking about next. And I'm going to go on record and say this: the best female debut that I have seen. That's what I'm going to say. And yes, all right, I might be biased because she's been in the studio and she's very, very pleasant with us. She's a lovely girl, is Natasha Jonas, but I thought she was absolutely fantastic. There's a call coming in here. Katie Taylor's on the phone. Do you want to take that call? Yeah, I'll tell her. I'll (laughs) tell her to her face. Let's get the fight on next. (laughs) It's all coming next on Radio City Talk. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Now then, at the weekend, at the Next Gen show in Newcastle, it was obviously topped by Josh Kelly, a man that we're extremely fond of. We think he's going to be absolutely brilliant, but he's from the northeast, so we talk about him on episode 113 of our uh, boxing podcast, which you can get on our website, fightdisciples.com. It will be available for you first thing Wednesday morning. There were a couple of other kids from Liverpool on that card, uh, one of which was Anthony Fowler, not making his debut. He already made his debut, mm-hmm. didn't he? At Bramall Lane. Mm-hmm. Little bit of controversy. We had him on the show. He laughed about whacking that dude on the deck. Okay, we'll let you off. It's first one. You were pumped up full of adrenaline, my friend. Um, this particular uh, fight, I personally thought early doors, there was a few chinks in Anthony's armory. But as that fight progressed, you could visibly see him learn. Visibly, yeah. see, you could. It was it was weird. From first round, I think it finished in the fourth, did it? Fourth. But from first to fourth, you could visually start to see. Oh, he stopped doing that thing that he was doing in the first round, yeah. i.e., getting caught quite comfortably over the top with the left hand as he was dropping his right hand coming in. Yeah, he started to defend it. He was getting in and out a little bit quicker. So by round four. It was weird. It was like a glorified spa, oh, I that's suppose. That's exactly what it was, yeah. Um, and I thought the way that he put his opponent away very, very cleverly with those body shots. Mm. You love a body shot, you, I don't you? Please it. don't groan like that on the radio. I love it. <laughs> uh, but I thought as a performance and as a learning fight, can't say anything bad about it, really. No, I thought it was excellent. And uh, I'm like you, you know, he started a bit nervous again. He started a bit rugged. Uh 
still willing to to take one, to land one kind of thing. Left his chin in the air a couple of times. Uh, but this is the time to do it, you know. This is what these early fights are all about. And you're exactly right. It did feel a bit like a sparring session in terms of the opponent was decent. The opponent came to have a go. He was a tough kid. He took some big shots. Um, Kept getting up as well. He did, yeah, yeah. He was very brave, you know, and uh, he he earned every penny of his wages at the weekend. um, But that's just good matchmaking at this stage. You know, you want to see, you don't want to get them in there with opponents that they're just going to absolutely blow away. You know, you want to get them in there with people that are coming over, that are capable, that have got experience and know what they're doing in there. And um, I think that's exactly what Anthony Fowler got on Friday night and it was perfect for him. I think, I'm like you, he looked a little bit scruffy early on, but then once he... Listen to Dave in the corner. That was the only frustrating thing. They kept on cutting to adverts. You know, I was at home. I couldn't make the fight. So I really wanted to hear Dave talking to him in the corner to address the things that I was seeing. But you're right. As the fight went on, the things that the problems he had early on all started to disappear. Mm. And then he, the fact that he went down to the body, but not with, you know, hooks to the body or jabs uppercuts. Man, yeah. he, jabs like he was targeting the body from, from range. Long right hands to the body. That was ultimately what uh, dropped him the first time and then it was a jab to the body, body the second time. To the body? To the body. Now that would be an unbelievable yeah, that, shot. That, that's the Andre Ward shot. Yeah, <laughs> let's not talk about Andre Ward Kovalev again, shall we? Um, but yeah, I thought he was excellent and uh, the fact that he finished him with body shots, that, that, that put a smile on my face because you know I love a body shot. Mm, absolutely. And the uh, the chat at the end, the, the post-fight interview, he kind of alluded to to the exact same things that we're talking about right now. He fully appreciates that this is a learning curve. And he even said, listen, when I turned up at Dave's gaff, I found it very, very difficult because Dave was wanting me to fight in a certain way. I'm not necessarily built like that because I've learned how to fight this way. It's about unpicking all those habits, bad habits or whatever they may be, um, habits that he's picked up elsewhere, unpicking all them and then re-establishing them and building from the ground up. And you can see that was the perfect fight to see that. The first fight you didn't necessarily see that with him because he was pumped full of adrenaline. He just wanted to get in there and put on a show for the get stadium. The yeah, yeah. Um, But in this, okay, he goes out there, like you said, bit of nerves first round, second round, calm down and by fourth round the way that he started thinking about his stuff he was getting yeah. he was thinking about what was coming back and that was the thing that impressed me a lot yeah because slipping a lot more can't and, yeah because more Anthony more. Fowler don't do that you, no. you watch Anthony Fowler and his amateurs pressure fighter he's not interested he'll go in there and he just wants to he'll, he'll take one to, to dish one back out yeah lop more clever about the way he went about his business as that fight progressed and I'm looking forward now to see yeah. how far Dave Colwell can take him because well, he's obviously a good student he's obviously willing to learn 100% and we knew that anyway going in everyone that trains alongside Fowler there's a reason why people christened him the machine and that's because he, he's first in and last out of training every day he's always been like that that's just in his makeup so I knew it was a match made in heaven when he went with Dave Caldwell because Dave loves that about his guys he loves guys that are just 100% committed and are there to learn and there to work and that, that's how you knew that this was going to be a match made in heaven but I agree with what they said after the fight where they said in two years time he won't look anything like that in two years' time, Anthony Fowler will look completely different from what he looks now. And we'll look back at these early fights and kind of laugh a little bit of the way he's fighting, you know, because he is still finding his feet a little bit, you know. It, that adjustment from his amateur style to the pro style has taken time. But again, I hark back to the fact that prior to him going on Team GB, when he was just a boxer for the Golden Gloves out of Liverpool, he wasn't on international duty five days a week and everything else, when he was training out of a gym, spitting distance from his health in Toxith. When he was that guy, he looked like someone looked like a pro. 
He looked like a little Mexican, you know, that's how he fought. And they've obviously changed him and sculpted him into a jouster to score points to win amateur tournaments. And now we've got to try and drag him back again to his, to get him back to the pro style. Mm. Obviously adding bits along the way. I think we didn't quite get that. This, it's been a more of a seamless transition for the likes of Callum Smith, for instance, because Callum and Anthony Fowler were neck and neck when they were in the amateurs together. And then when they didn't make uh, the Olympic team, Callum turned pro. And Anthony said, no, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go to the Olympics. I'm going to do another four years. And then four years in terms of amateur, it's made him the most decorated amateur the country's seen. He's won more medals in more places than anyone. However, then four years of haven't done him well in terms of what is pro. But, yeah. you know, it's taken him more time to transition. Whereas Callum made the decision, you know what, I'm going pro like my brothers. And the transition was slick. And suddenly now he's, he's a world title contender. I think Anthony Fowler's going to take a little bit more time. But again, in two years' time, the kid's going to look like an absolute assassin. Uh, now, before the break, I did mention that this is probably the best female debut that I've personally seen. Yes, I'm biased because I've met her. Yes, I'm biased because she's been in here and she's been very kind to us on this particular show. Uh, but I thought Natasha Jonas looked absolutely amazing at the weekend for the short period of time that she was in there for a yep. professional debut. This is a girl that hasn't been in there for a long period of time. She's the poster girl of, uh, of British boxing. She's yep. the one that kicked it all off at London 2012. Mm-hmm. First person to ever qualify for the female boxing team at uh, at London 2012. Okay, it didn't necessarily go her way with that fight against Katie Taylor. Then packs it in, calls it all a day. Now she's Comes coming a back. Mom. Becomes a mum. Becomes mom. a mum. Now she's coming back, doing her thing. A lot of pressure on her. There's a lot of eyes on her because everybody's going, oh, Tasha's back. And everybody would have been watching that, anticipating what's coming next. That pressure can get to somebody. Yeah. She looked like a duck in water, mate, didn't she? She Brilliant. was in there and she just went, this is where I'm supposed to be, boys. Exactly, yeah. She looks so happy, so comfortable, completely stress-free. Took her in a stride. And don't get me wrong, I know Tash pretty well. I've known her for a long time. And I know inside, she's, she, is, she is emotional. She does wear her heart on her sleeve a little bit. And inside, you know, a stomach would have been doing flips. But on the outside... She was cool, she was calm, she was collected. Listen, forget about who the opponent was. This is a pro debut, so it didn't matter who the girl was in the opposite corner. It was all about how Tasha managed the occasion, turning pro, being on telly, all that element hasn't fought competitively for over two years. You know, all all that stuff's going through her head. The way she managed that and controlled herself and then picked the finish, phenomenal. I think you're right, one of, one of the best, not just... Uh, in, in women's, but I'd say that's one of the best debuts from any of this GB, this current flood of GB boxers coming into the pro game. Out of them all, men, boys and girls, this was one of the best debuts because she was just so accomplished. She managed it so well, and then she controlled this. You know, it was it was it was perfect. And I bet you Joe Gallagher was absolutely doing doing flips because. Listen, she's been recommended to Joe because of the strong rotunda connection with the Smith brothers and everything else. It's She seamlessly slips into that gym because of who's there right now. They know her well, but Joe doesn't know her that well. Joe's new with her. Joe's working with her. Joe obviously thinks, wow, she's got the talent. You know, nice, big, long, rangy female, loads of talent. Certainly looks the part as well. But Joe doesn't know until the first bell. He doesn't know until fight night, when he's wrapping her hands for the first time, when he sees her in the dressing room, when he sees her walk to the ring, when he sees her in the ring. That's the first time Joe Gallagher gets a real judge of, go, okay, what, what have I got here? And I think he's come out of that thinking... I've got something a bit special. I think he was. I've got something very special. I think he was surprised. I'll be honest with you. Me too. I think uh, if you look at Joe at the end when he was interviewed, he's like going, "All right, fair enough." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she went because she was so clinical. It Mm -hmm. was like, "I'm not interested. Let's get in. Job done." And going back to what you were saying there about being. 
so established in that debut, whether it be male or female. I'm putting that down to being a mum. If you're a mum, right, you're used to multitasking, man. You are used to (laughs) dealing with high-pressured situations on a day-to-day basis, you know? You've got food to get ready. You've got nappies to change. Just imagine a mum getting ready just to go out to the supermarket, getting a baby ready. You've got to get the bag ready. You've got to get everything in order. She's used to doing this on a day-to-day basis. So boxing on Sky Sports on a Saturday night or Friday night it was, wasn't mm-hmm. it? She ain't interested in that, mate. She needs to get on to the kid. That's exactly. it. Get in there, get clinical, get out. Well, she's probably clock watching, thinking, oh, I've got to feed you at half nine here. I better get <laughs> I better get this taken care of so I can get a shower and get back home, feed the baby. And she was ruthless. Brilliant. Really looking forward to it. Obviously, now the chat is going to constantly be Katie Taylor, Katie Taylor, Katie Taylor. When you're getting back in with Katie Taylor, yeah, yeah. we're going to do it's the inevitable. exact same thing. It, it's inevitable. Mm. And Tasha knows it's inevitable. What she's got to do now is focus on herself focus on Natasha Jonas and build her career and listen the Katie Taylor thing will happen but it won't happen until there's a title belt involved I don't believe Katie Taylor's obviously a year 18 months ahead of Tasha right now Yeah, but we'll get there the fight will happen but after a performance like that there was no better way to, to to throw fuel on the fire of the Katie Taylor talk than to do that if she'd have gone in there and laboured through four rounds or looked a bit panicky and everything else, people would be going, oh, she's not on, she's not on Katie Taylor's part. She's not going to get, you know, no, no, no. But after doing that, everyone's like, oh, the Katie Taylor fight's going to happen. The rematch is on because she is that good. Definitely. Mm. Really, really good performance. Congratulations, Tasha. Uh, sensational uh, to see what you did at the weekend. Really looking forward to uh, the rest of this journey. Uh, good luck to Steve Brogan uh, this weekend against Lee Appleyard. Hopefully you can come through that and set up this Masher fight because, one, I want you on the show. Two, I want Masher on the show yep. because he's mad as a box of frogs. Yeah. Uh, so it gives us an excuse to uh, open up the phone lines and get those boys uh, on the show. Don't forget, if um, you... There's a pro show this weekend as well in Liverpool, can I just add? Uh, Golden uh, Golden Gloves ABC do do a pro card as well. It's a fusion nightclub on Friday night. As it is, the card's very much wide open, but Mick Phillips, who's a big listener to our show, is is definitely on that card. Um, so just keep an eye out on their social media for Golden Gloves, Wayne Smith and the guys there to see what's happening with that fight card. But that's happening at the Fusion Nightclub, Friday the 30th of June. There you go. Um, if you want any more boxing chat this week, make sure you subscribe to our podcast, fightdisciples.com. You'll be able to get this episode that you've just been listening to, which featured Peter McGrail, uh, first Scouse European champion at the weekend. Yes, he swore down the microphone, not, not our microphone, down the camera, but we, we forgive him for that. It was an emotional thing for him. Well done him. Um, but that's available now on the website, fightdisciples.com, as will be episode 113 of our uh, award-winning podcast, which previews Manny Pacquiao's trip to Brisbane. Is he in it for the money? Of course he is, mate. But we're backing Jeff Owens to do the business this weekend and become a new world champ. It's all on our website, fightdisciples.com. Thank you very much for your time. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.